0: I'm glad you've tuned in. Hey, over these last few weeks, we've been talking together about God's eternal purposes for our life. It's in a series we've been doing called Unchanging, and what we're talking about uh, is really something we call the purpose-driven life because there are five eternal purposes God made you and me for. There are five purposes he made his church to be about, and that's no coincidence Because again, the the purpose of the church is to help people to find the purpose of life. And so we've been looking at these. And and here's what I want to say to you is that, you know, um, everywhere God is at work in the world doing something with his kingdom, God is going to be about these five things, it's, it's part of what he's, just, he's gonna do with humanity. Let's just do a review real quick of uh, where we've been. We talked the first week, Pastor Shane led off talking about worship, that God made us for himself and that when we offer ourselves back to him, it gives him pleasure in our life. And then God is, he's forming a family. And in fact, this is the whole purpose of humanity is that God wanted people to share eternity with him and God is building a family we call this the purpose of fellowship where we learn to be loved by God and to love one another and to be loved last week I talked to you about discipleship that that one of the things God's about is helping you and me to become persons like Jesus of Nazareth and this is what discipleship is really all about is how we grow in Christ likeness to be like him. What I want to talk to you today about is a fourth purpose called ministry. And this is where God literally has made us to be difference makers in the world. In fact, that's really what I want to talk to you about today is being difference makers. Now, Jesus of Nazareth says that he wants you and me and our becoming like him to be what he was. He came as a servant. Jesus said that he didn't come to be served but he came to serve and to give his life for others and Jesus completely changed the meaning of servanthood. The whole idea of being a servant is different after Jesus of Nazareth and Jesus says I want you to understand that that's really what I made you for. In fact, if you've printed out message notes or they're coming up on the screen if you don't have them printed in front of you, notice Ephesians 2.10. I like how the Living Bible puts it. It's God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. See, God made you and me to make a difference in the lives of other people. That's why I've always appreciated what Dr. King had to say when when he made this comment. You know, everybody can be great because everybody, anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve and you don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. And friends, I want to tell you that that's God's purpose for you and me, that, that we be people who are alive with the love of Jesus Christ and allowing the grace of God to be at work in our life. Now, frankly, this is why you and I will only find our fullest fulfillment and our deepest satisfaction when we're serving other people. The only saying of Jesus that you can find in all four Gospels is that if you try to keep your life for yourself, you're gonna lose your life. But if you give your life away for him and for his kingdom, if you let life go through you to other people, Jesus says you're gonna find your life. Now, there are four big ideas about God and just what he's about in doing this purpose in our life that I wanna emphasize with you today. Let's, let's touch these. Here's the first one. And that is that God planned for you before you were you. And what I mean by that is that, you know, friends, before there was a Fresno and uh, before there was an America, uh, before Christopher Columbus as a kid even noticed what a boat was, God had you in mind. Friend, the Bible teaches that before the Sierra Mountain Range was pushed up into place, God had already planned for you and he thought about you and he had you in his mind. Proverbs 16:4 tells us this that the Lord has made everything for his own purposes. Now that includes you. And God planned for you to be a person who would be a worshipper to know him and love him and be a part of his family. And grow in the family likeness to Jesus Christ that God wants his children to have. And God planned that your life would be a part of serving in his world. That you'd really have a mission in the world to serve for him. And so this week and next week we want to talk to you about this. The fact I want you to get right now though is that that God planned for you before you were you. He had you in mind and that's why you exist today. You're not here by accident. You're here because the eternal God wanted you to have life and wanted you to know him. Now, here's the second truth, if you'll write this down. God invested in you to give you impact. Now, this is an incredible truth that the Bible teaches, that you and I have something to offer the world because of what God has put inside us. And that's what I mean, that God has invested. My goodness, we talk about the investment of God just his sending his son Christ to die on the cross, that's a big enough investment. And the Bible says if he wouldn't even spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all, how will he not give us everything else that we need in life? And the fact is, God has invested things in you and me so that with our unique style, with our unique life, we'd have something to contribute to the world. 1 Corinthians 15.10, the apostle Paul said these words and looking over his own life, he said, God's grace has made me what I am. And you ought to underline that because that's true of you. That's not just true of Paul. He is, he is expressing something that's true of every person, especially every follower of Jesus Christ. That God's grace has made me what I am. And then he says this, and his grace to me, notice it, was not wasted. Now, what that tells me is that God made you and he made you with something in mind he wanted to do through you and it's possible that you can squander that opportunity. It's possible that you can you cannot make big of that investment that God has made in you. Now, who you would become and the contribution to the world that God intends you to make, that's an investment that he made in you, and friend, listen, it, you know there's a phrase that that says you got game, and I want to tell you because of how God has invested in you. If you are a follower of Jesus especially, you got game. You've got something to offer the world. You've got something that can make a difference in the life of at least one other person on this planet before your time on this planet is done and God says I want you to understand that I made you one of a kind and there's no one else just exactly like you that's why I plan for you to be a part of my story if I didn't need what you had to offer I would never have made you but I've included you now that's the investment that God has made in us by his grace by God's grace he's made me what I am, and there's something that we talk around uh, here at North Point about. In fact, we teach in classes here, and it's and it's how God has shaped us. And what I want to say to you is that uh, that God's investment in you, we we call your shape. It's how God really has put you together. And especially if you're a follower of Jesus, these five things that you're seeing right here are true. Here's what we mean by shape. Let me just touch them. First, there are are spiritual gifts, and I've put some scriptures there that you can look up. You know, the Bible teaches that there's about 19 different spiritual gifts, and uh, these are special abilities that are given to us by God's Holy Spirit to enable us to make the contribution he's had in mind for us to make, our spiritual gifts. Then there's our heartfelt concerns. You're aware of this, that people feel a passion for different things. Some people feel a passion for the poor or for the unborn or for the lost or for uh, those who are overlooked in issues of injustice. Some people have a passion for music or for technology or for sports or, or whatever. We all have different heartfelt concerns and passions in our life that are unique to us. And then there's abilities that we've acquired. By the time you're an 18 year old, 20 year old, you've already developed hundreds of specific abilities in your life that God can use to make a difference in the life of somebody else. And then there's different personality types. And uh, it, it, aren't you glad that not everybody in the world is, has my personality type? Uh, you know, in fact, it's interesting on our pastoral team to just see the difference in personality types. And here's the reality. There are different kinds of personalities because all of us together with our personalities express something of what the personality of our God in heaven is really like. And so you have a unique personality type God intended for you to have. And then the E in shape here is experiences of growth. And there are all kinds of growth experiences that we've had. We've had academic experiences in school and in our education. Uh, we've had vocational experiences. Some of us have had military experiences. We've all had relational experiences with other people. But I want to tell you that the experiences that really give us growth and give us something truly to offer to somebody else are those experiences of pain. And frankly, there are some of you that I'm talking to today, you have experienced such horrific pain the only way you're ever going to be able to make peace with that is by discovering how God can use your experience to help make the difference in the life of somebody else who's hurting through that same experience. Now, this thing about shape, we have a class called the 301 class and COVID-19 has kind of blown up our ability to do our our, uh, regular, we call them core classes but I wanna encourage you when we begin to offer those classes again to take the 301 class. In fact, this is so important. We teach it also to our, uh, to our students in, in uh, college and junior high and high school, even with our kids and North Point Kids. There's something called Kids Core that is focused in on helping kids to discover their own unique shape, to realize that God has made them and he's made them to make a difference in the world, in fact, if you've not been availing yourself, parents, uh, during this summer with your kids off, I want to tell you that if you'll go to northpoint.org/kids, it'll take you to a page where uh, we have special uh, learning uh, opportunities and crafts and things. Part of them are designed to help teach your kids the truths that we have been talking about here—that God is shaping their lives—and we're excited in October we're going to be able to, uh, to get our kids' core up and running again in a way that will be COVID-19 uh, kosher. And so keep your ears open for that opportunity for kids coming up. Now, let me, let me just point out, here's, here's kind of how this works because there's an interplay of four factors that I want to point out to you. First of all, God determined some things about you. God just decided some things about you for example he decided what kind of spiritual gift that you would have you don't decide that you don't learn about the spiritual gifts and then say oh i'd like to have that one no no no. god has already decided that and determined that he's determined the place in the body of christ that you're going to have he's determined much about your life i mean think about this did you really decide what parents you would choose to have did you have any choice in the century in which you would be born or the country that you would be living in? No, no, no. You see, God already determined some of these things about your life. In fact, Job had it right in Job 10.8 when he said, God, your hand shaped and formed me. And while he's specifically here talking about God shaping in the womb, I want to tell you that before you and I were born, God had already determined some things about our lives you know right now in this atmosphere in our country where we're looking at social injustice and racial animosity there's a there's a phrase that that comes up from time to time you're aware of it it's called white privilege and uh, and every time I hear that while I understand the point that is being made about it it misses the bigger picture And the bigger picture is, friend, whoever you are and whatever your background is, God has determined some things about you that have given you incredible privilege. And some of the deepest dissatisfaction in our lives comes from undervaluing who we are and what we have and overvaluing who we aren't and what we don't have. And God says, I want you to just understand that I've invested in you now second if you'll write this down you inherited some of yourself and what i mean by that is that you know your parents and uh you know they determined your ethnicity they determined things about your physical characteristics but even some of your aptitudes and this is an amazing thing that no two people on earth are just alike and there are some things that we inherited from our parents and certain abilities and things that we have that can be used are a result of even what we've inherited and, and the innate abilities that we have as persons. I just think about a guy in my past, a member of one of my churches. his name was Ron And, uh, I'm telling you, man, Ron could not sing a lick. I mean, that guy, if you'd sit around him and you listen to him, he loved to worship. But when he sang, it was like, oh man, his voice didn't need to be cultivated. It needed to be plowed under. And, uh, but what was interesting is that he had a son who became a worship leader who has a great voice. And, um, And so there are certain things that can be inherited. And some of those inheritances actually skip generations. Third, uh, others contributed to your identity. And what I mean by that is there were people who modeled and influenced, who encouraged or maybe discouraged family or friends or idols or heroes, teachers, coaches that you had who were teaching and inspiring and mentoring you, perhaps even people in the church and what i want to say is that other people impacted you and so others contributed and then fourth you developed yourself along the way you you had a you had a part in this too because you began to develop certain interests and you followed preferences that you felt you made choices you developed habits and you began to forge disciplines in your life and as a result you became who you are today so your shape is an investment made from God but there's an interplay of factors that happens here and what I want to say is that Jesus Christ wants you to understand that all along your life with the good and the bad and the ugly God has been at work and he's been trying to shape and redeem and put things into play in your life to help you make a difference in the lives of others now, there's a special sheet. I don't know if you uh, have, have printed this out at home, but we call it a Shape uh, Discovering My Shape worksheet. And if you'll go to our uh, website where you, can, uh, where you can print off message notes, you can also print off a PDF of this. And somehow, if you don't know how to do it, just email me, Pastor Steve. Pastor Steve at northpoint.org, and uh, I'll send you one of these. But it's a, it's a great sheet where you can take time to look at some questions and just ask them about your life and your background. And, and especially to take uh, on one side, there's a, a, a spot where you, where you look at uh, about eight different periods of time in your life and you look at the major influencing factors that happen there. These will be very helpful in you seeing the way in which God has shaped your life. Because friend, the reality is God has invested in you and he doesn't want that investment to be wasted. Now, I wanna, I wanna just close this one point here by quoting from one of my favorite theologians, a man by the name of Dr. Seuss, who wrote a great book called Happy Birthday to You, among his, his many books. And I just want to lift a a page or two out of it. Listen to what Dr. Seuss has to say. If we didn't have birthdays, then you wouldn't be you. If you'd never been born, well, then what would you do? If you'd never been born, well, then what would you be? You might be a fish or a toad in a tree. You might be a doorknob or three baked potatoes. You might be a bag full of hard green tomatoes. Or worse than all that, why, you might be a wasn't. A wasn't has no fun at all. No, he doesn't. A wasn't just isn't. He just isn't present. But you, you are you. Now, isn't that pleasant? And today, you are you, and that is truer than true. And there's no one alive who is -er than you. So shout loud, I'm lucky to be what I am. Thank, God, uh, thank goodness I'm not just a clam or a ham or a dusty old jar of sour gooseberry jam, but I am what I am, and that's a great thing to be if I say so myself. Happy birthday to me. Now, friend, I want to say to you that you aren't a wasn't, and because you're here, God says you got game And I want you to be able to look at your life and say that I am what I am and that's a good thing to be. Because number three, God matches who you are to the needs and hurts of others in his world. And what I want to say is that God wants to use you in the world to touch the lives of others in the same way that others were used by him to touch you. God wants you to be a difference maker in someone else's life and to make a real difference for others. See, the whole point of our learning our shape and discovering spiritual gifts and figuring out how we make our greatest contribution to the world, that's not just about your prestige or to help you feel good about yourself. It's, it's really, it, it's not all about uh, that this will help you to grow to personal maturity. You know, the whole point is providing service to others. And 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. You see, God wants to bless people and he wants to bless them through you. Now, by the way, this is how our spiritual gifts are connected. It It's God gives us spiritual gifts that are a way in which he gives us a way of passing a blessing on to somebody else. And I want to say that your spiritual gifts and, in fact, your entire shape is made to help you to connect with the needs and the hurts of other people around you. Not just needs and hurts, also their their interests. Sometimes just the things that you have developed that are of uh, that you have a passion for, music or instruments or sports or or whatever it might be, those become connecting points to other human beings that give you the possibility of touching them with one of God's blessings. In fact, there's a, there's a great book that I want to reference uh, written by a guy named Gary Chapman. Dr. Chapman is a uh, Christian psychologist, and it's a book called The Five Love Languages. And uh, And he wrote the book originally uh, for married couples to help them to understand that we we have actually five... Uh, different ways of giving and receiving love. And we need to understand our preferences. But but this goes way beyond marriage. In fact, there have been other books written about love languages for kids, love languages for men, love languages for singles, love languages for work. And uh, the reality is these five languages are different ways that love is communicated. Now, I've put them on your notes there if you've printed that out. And uh, I I just want to show you here what it says. It's, It's about words, speaking words of affirmation and performing acts of service or offering tangible gifts. The giving and receiving of gifts can be powerful or sharing quality time that sometimes it's just our very presence with somebody that makes all the difference in the world, particularly if they're going through a terrible time of grief or pain, or feeling lonely. And then extending physical touch, that there are ways for for some of us through our connections with other people that a hand on the shoulder, an arm around the shoulder, an embrace. This is is one of the things that doctors and, and nurses are able to do through their careers is literally the physical touch that they put on people can bring healing to their life. The, the actor Dudley Moore, who's probably best known for playing in a movie called Arthur back in the 70s, Dudley was born with a, with a shriveled leg and a club foot. In fact, when his mother first saw him, she rejected him and said, no, 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 this can't, this can't be my child. And so he grew up with, a, with just a, a deficit in his life of love and affection from, from those who mattered most his parents. And uh, he had all kinds of surgeries. In his first 10 years of life, he had seven different surgeries. And he recounted one time being in a ward at a hospital after a surgery with a bunch of older men who were soldiers. And, and uh, he said, but one night, a, a, a nurse came. And as she came by his bed, she checked on him and tucked him in, tousled his hair, and then leaned down and gave him a kiss on the forehead. And years later, he said, That was one of the first acts of uncomplicated affection that I had ever received in my life. And he said, you know, it's almost like my whole life has been about trying to recapture that one moment of real affection. Now, these love are these are powerful things. And what I want to say is, these kind of interface with our spiritual gifts, by the way. And God says it's as we learn to give love and to care about other people you see love is the power and is the force that changes people's lives and that's why loving god with all of our heart and then loving our neighbor as ourself as we're made alive with the love of jesus gives us game first corinthians 12 4 to 7 says now there are varieties of gifts that a circle the word gifts but the same Holy Spirit who gives them. There are varieties of ministries. These are different ways that we serve. And and uh, and we, we show love and concern to other people. Sometimes it may even involve our careers. I'm, I'm wearing today a, a blue band. I was part of a walk yesterday in downtown Fresno to just show appreciation and support for law enforcement officers. And I'm still wearing this band today. You know, the Bible says, by the way, in the book of Romans chapter 13, that, that police officers, that government government officials are ministers, they're servants of God. So sometimes it's, it's not just the spiritual gifts that give a spiritual ministry in the church. Sometimes our ministries can be our careers or ways in which God has salted us into the world. But it's the same Lord who's over us. And there are varieties of effects. Circle that word, effects. And that really means there's varieties of impact. Now, we don't have all the same gifts. We don't all have the same service and ministry, but we can all have impact because it's the same God who works all things and all persons, but to each one is given the manifestation of God's spirit for the common good. Now, what I'm trying to say here is is that God has matched you up to the needs of people in the world and when you become a servant, man, it can have impact. In the book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, an author and educator named John Schlatter tells this true story. Just just listen as I read it. Mark was walking home from school one day when he noticed a boy ahead of him that had tripped and dropped all of his books that he was carrying along with two sweaters, he had a baseball bat and a glove and a small tape recorder. And Mark knelt down and he helped the boy pick up the scattered articles. Since they were going the same way, he offered to help carry part of the burden. And and as they walked, Mark discovered that this boy's name was Bill and that he loved video games and baseball and history, but that he was having lots of trouble with his other subjects in school and that he had just broken up with his girlfriend. They arrived at Bill's home first and Mark was invited in for a Coke and to watch some TV in the afternoon passed pleasantly with a few laughs and some shared small talk and then Mark went on home. They continued to see each other around the school and had lunch a couple of times and they had other brief contacts over the years and finally their long-awaited senior year came and about three weeks before graduation Bill asked Mark if they could talk and Bill reminded Mark of the day that Years ago, they had first met. Did you ever wonder why I was carrying so many things home that day, asked Bill. You see, I cleaned out my locker because I didn't want to leave a mess for anyone else to clean up. I had stored away some of my mother's sleeping pills, and I was going home to commit suicide. But after we spent some time together that afternoon talking and laughing, I realized that if I had killed myself... I would have missed that time and so many others that might follow. So you see, Mark, when you picked up those books that day, you did a lot more. You actually saved my life. And friend, I want to tell you that God wants to use you to speak love into the lives, to touch people, to influence them. To have impact on hurting people in our world, and there's plenty of them. If you'll be willing to be a servant in love. I like how the Phillips version treats 1 Corinthians 12:6. Look at what it says: God works through different people in different ways, but it's the same God who achieves his purpose through them all. A woman tells the story of going down into her basement one day to get a potato for a meal that uh, she was making and, and she went down into the dark basement and, and uh, turned the light on and uh, when she went to grab the potatoes, she noticed a couple of them had actually sprouts beginning to come out of the potatoes and she thought, what in the world? How could that happen in this dark basement where I've kept them? But then she realized she had a brightly polished kettle a large kettle that was hanging from the rafters of, of her basement, not far from a small window into the basement, a window to the outside. And what she put together was that every day at the right time, some sunlight had come through that window, hit that polished kettle, and landed on those potatoes enough that it began to cause them to sprout and for life to begin to grow in that dark, dank basement. And that night she wrote in her own journal, God, would you help my life to be polished with your love in such a way that your light can reflect off of me and your life can reflect off of me into the dark corner of somebody's life in this world. Friend, I want to tell you that that's really true because God planned for you. He invested in you. And he's planned to match you with the people in your world who have needs and hurts. And then here's the last thing. Let's just hit this and we're done. This is amazing. God will graciously reward you for all that's done unto him. And what do I mean by that? That done unto him? Because you get the part that God says, in fact, here's the cool thing. By his grace, he made us. By his grace, he invests in us. By his grace, he places us where we are. And God says every opportunity you have to serve and you're doing it to him because you love him, because you want to serve him. Because sometimes, honestly, you have no idea what you do and how it touches other people. But what makes the difference is because you're alive to God and you're saying, God, would you use my life? And every intentional time that you try to reach out to another human being, and you do it unto him, unto the Lord, he says he's going to reward you for that. Jesus said just giving a cup of cold water in his name will not be without reward. In fact, look at what he says about the end of time. Matthew 25, Jesus is teaching this, and he's really talking about himself. He's the king in this story. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, all who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You see, God had you in mind. He wanted you to be a part of his family from before the foundation of the world. And so he says, now the time has come. Come inherit your reward. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or without clothes or sick? When were you in prison? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers, And sisters of mine, you did for me. You see, Jesus here, he's talking about what we would call hidden people, people that are on the margins that it's easy to miss and overlook. And Jesus says, Whatever you do in love to to even try to serve just one of these persons, you really you were doing it to me because those persons bear my image. And so by serving them, you were serving me. And he says, I'm gonna reward you for it. One day, somebody asked Mother Teresa who worked among the poorest of the poor. I've, I've been to where Mother Teresa spent 50 years of her life. And somebody asked her, how in the world did you keep doing this kind of work here in this place of poverty and dirt and pain? And she said, well, you know, every person that I've served I just, I just see Jesus in them. And I think, Lord, can I serve you? And by the way, you notice here how people were unconscious in Jesus' words. They were unconscious of what they'd done to help somebody else. But Jesus says, I noticed it. And I'm gonna reward you. See, here's this last thought. If you'll write this down. We've talked about the blessing of God in many ways. Friends, you're blessed... To be a blessing. God doesn't want it to stop with you. He wants it to go through you to someone else. And Romans six thirteen says, give yourselves completely to God. Every part of you. See, that's what worship is really all about. It's where I start honoring my creator and I give him his rightful place in my life And I just say, Lord, I just want to give myself completely to you. Would you consider doing that? Not holding back anything, but just to sell out your life to Christ and let him have not part of your life, but to have the, the whole of your life. Give yourselves completely to God, every part of you, for you are back from death. Christ has made you alive. And you want to be tools in the hands of God to be used For his good purposes. You see, God made you, friend, to be a tool in the toolbox of the carpenter named Jesus of Nazareth. And he'll use you to make a difference in somebody else's life if you let him do that.